Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it is Trags, Mike Petralia, back with the latest episode of the Jungle Roar podcast powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. We have a newcomer to the program and I always get so excited about these opportunities to welcome in somebody new from the Bengals beat, uh, as well as somebody who does a terrific job covering all of Cincinnati sports. And that is the one and only Charlie Clifford of WLWT Channel 5 here in Cincinnati. How you doing, Charlie? And welcome, by the way. Thanks for the great welcome here. And I appreciate the shout out. I'm still the new guy in town a little bit. And look, it's been so fun this year to to jump in for year one. It's been a wild season, obviously, but yes. Quick quick shout <laughs> out to you. Yeah. Quick shout out to you and all the folks who've covered this team for years. I mean, it is a very welcoming media room. It's a great group, tons of great personalities, good people. And that's just not the case everywhere, right? That's life. You go to a new spot. You got to, yep. you know, people don't understand we're not working with each other, but you're around each other so much. And <clears throat> I was talking to my wife about that the other day. I mean, I can't, you're a big piece of that. I really appreciate that. And it just makes it more fun. It really makes a long season, whether you're winning or losing the team you're covering, that is, uh, you know, it, it just, it makes it much more enjoyable and very thankful for that this holiday season. So you cheers. just have not spent enough time around me, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> just haven't trust true. me ask some of the others on the beat um and they know what i'm speaking is the god's honest truth you just spend a little bit more time around me and you'll get to know maybe the more cynical side of trags though i think a lot of people who know me know there is a most cynical side of me that's what we're signing up for though that that's what you bring you know that's a unique piece of trags and it's it's much appreciated. It's hilarious. Well, Merry Christmas to you. By the way, uh, you're posting on X on Christmas Day. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. You and your lovely and uh, your pup. How old's the pup? He's 15. Oh. His name is also Charlie. Okay. Oh. As you know, me with the biggest ego in Cincinnati, I had to find a way to No, it was Colleen, my wife's dog, her sister's dog at college. We've talked on and on about Miami of Ohio. You have some ties there. I went there. I met yep. my wife there. My wife's sister, who is a little older than us, went there. And their house adopted a dog at one point. It's now been passed through the, the Coors family to, to my wife. She met me. And you know, there was already a Charlie in the picture when I showed up. So, yeah, he's 15. He still runs the house. He's still crazy. And um, 
you know, it's never a dull moment. Never. We don't have kids yet. So, you know, he's, he's the center of the, the attention around here as, as you I'm sure understand. Well, uh, let's get to the game on last Saturday. Let's recap uh, what was, I thought a, uh, frankly, a brutal surprise, a shock to the senses for a lot of Bengal fans. They were not, they didn't see that coming. That's what I wrote on CLNSCincy.com. Uh, nobody saw this coming. And then I followed that up with maybe we should have. It's been that kind of season for the Bengals, Charlie. They just have not been able, uh, when the opportunity presents, they haven't been able to really jump in and move up the standings of the AFC North. It's the kryptonite of this team for whatever reason. The last two years, they were division champs. This year, it seems like they've fallen, taken a major step back. Yes, Joe Burrow's out for the season. Yes, that impacts their offense. But what we saw on Saturday, and I think the reason a lot of Bengal fans were upset with it, is the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Mason Rudolph, a third-string quarterback, for all intents and purposes, ran roughshod uh, like a knife through hot butter through them. And that should not have happened against a Bengal defense that was really set up to do well and stop the Steelers and get out of town with a win. Their defense didn't show. I agree. I start with the defense too, because I know the easy thing is to point to Browning's interceptions because he'll admit as he did post game right away, they were dumb decisions. And he certainly they game. were a big part of the game. No question. But you're right. It was an opportunity to put a team that had no hope down. And you could have done that by coming out and playing a clean first quarter and taking the lead and reversing roles on ultimately what Pittsburgh did to Jake Browning. I'm with you. It was stunning. It was, you know, the big plays that have haunted this defense really going back. I mean, that Tennessee game really stuck out of like, this is a problem. And again, that was against the Titans offense to that point, we were saying pretty much the same thing about yes, that, right? great analogy, that Charlie. Week. Yes. So it's the statistics at this point, you, you have enough of a sample size where you just can't get past the fact of on defense, you're looking at rankings 25 and up pretty much across the board in terms of yardage, both, both running the ball, passing the ball. And to me, every game, the, the, the foundational piece of this season has been when the Bengals have won in the trenches, they've won the game. And when they haven't, I don't think they've stolen anything. I mean, maybe the Minnesota game, but technically because yeah, the maybe. Vikings have that exotic scheme and they, they bring pressure and your quarterback's just going to get hit. So the numbers, I just haven't seen one situation this year where this team has kind of lost in the trenches a little bit and they've managed to win the football game. Uh, and, and Saturday in Pittsburgh was just complete domination on, on both sides of that. Um, and you're right. Now it makes, as we're looking at the final two here, you know, this, this is like a fourth and 20 situation now uh, in terms of getting in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, gosh, I mean, it, it's, I, I'm with you. I fully anticipated that being a, a bangle win Saturday. Um, and as you said, it's just another chapter in, in the bizarre season that is 2023 in Cincinnati. 
Hey, football fans, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than now to get in on all the action. And the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and get in on all of the fun action this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 and present in Massachusetts, hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager is required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. So we'll get to Jake Browning a little bit. And uh, you had some uh, very interesting comments from Joe Mixon after the game. You tweeted them out, and uh, I thought they were very revealing uh, and very honest. We'll get to that in a little bit. But on defense, I think Dax Hill and Jordan Battle, uh, growing pains. That's what we saw on Saturday. Dax Hill way overplayed um, the first pass of the game to George Pickens. That's why it was an 86-yard touchdown. There was nobody in the middle of the field once the pass was completed. Um, you know, that's a mistake that Dax Hill makes. He's a second-year player. But, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Charlie. Dax is a very bright guy, and you wouldn't expect – him to over pursue like that that was to me um an instinct play his instinct should tell him well you know there's no one behind me and there's no one really to the left of me i've got to make sure i stay in the middle of the field instead he over pursued and that was that big touchdown and those plays are going to happen believe it or not those plays are going to happen the more concerning and alarming drive was the next drive when they went I believe it was 75 yards, 80 yards uh, in a matter of 10 plays. And that that was the play where the Bengals just got manhandled. Those are the moments, I think, that the, I, that are going to stick with me this year. Like you said, the Bengals just haven't done a good enough job in the trenches. Losing DJ Reader, of course, against the Vikings, losing him for the season, that's a big blow. But I just think overall – Uh, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt haven't had the year I think a lot of people expected them to have after both were, you know, re-signed and extended. So you figured, you know, the linebackers would have taken a step forward. They've taken, I think, a step back um, and certainly not forward. Uh And, you know, then you take a look at at the corners. They're young. Uh, I think Cam Taylor Britt being out Saturday actually impacted the game a lot more than we anticipated. And so, you know, that, that was my big takeaway. That second drive of the game that made it 14, nothing just was very alarming. And after the game, did you talk to anybody in the locker room that could pinpoint what went wrong on those first two, three drives of the game? And it just, everyone agreed. It felt like this was the first time all year that 
the momentum early was it got that out of hand and this thing went that sideways that quick and then we mentioned first time zach taylor's ever walked into a locker room at half down 24 to nothing as head coach i mean this was a this was of epic proportions uh you know going back five seasons now i i think that as you said the first browning interception as costly as that was you know you're throwing three points off the board in the end zone really that that next long drive and then to come back and to have the mistake you know they drop into zone doesn't see him in the flat and and then the game's essentially over after after that drive um i you know the young secondary the early play with dax you know if that if that happens in the middle of the game does it feel as i mean it's the first pass of the game you're you're facing a third string quarterback it's George Pickens, the guy in you know Pittsburgh who's going to get booed probably throughout that game had he not played his best game of his career. So it's perfect storm scenario here. You but activated here, two guys in that game. You activated one, yeah. the obvious T.J. Watt. He just got the crowd going, you know, on defense. And the second guy was George Pickens. Once he got activated and into that game, it felt like there was no stopping him. They had no answers. These are elite players when Watt on a weekly basis, Pickens when it looks like he engages and decides he wants to take over a game. To your point, though, I agree. Cam Taylor Britt on that field, healthy, changes that game. That's a situation where if you can have him shadow Pickens and take that out of the equation, I mean, the rest of that Steeler offense is not potent. And Fryermuth, you know, we all talked about him all week. Oh, gosh, they've been getting gashed by tight ends more than any defense in football all season. And happenstance, he, he didn't do much. I mean, there was no, there there was no need to. By the time it got to be 21 nothing, the Steelers were like, okay, we're going to run the ball. We're going to play power football, chew up clock. Um, and the one time they needed a big play in the second half, right after the Bengals made it 24-8 to on the Bengals' explosive 80-yard touchdown to T. Higgins, Mason Rudolph made the best throw of the day. He absolutely laid a dime to Pickens. And Cheeto, we can talk about Cheeto a a little bit here. Um, Cheeto Awuzie is not back, and he doesn't have, he's probably lost a step. I think that's fair to say coming off ACL surgery. And people think, well, he's still a great player. What's a step difference make? Well, you saw what a step difference made on that play down the left sideline. You're right. And, You know, what was the expectation for each, you know, for everybody with Cheeto season? I think you're right. It, it just hasn't created any memorable moments, really, right? I mean, he's, I think he's done a nice job in spots, but you're right. He, he's taken a step back and it's due to the injury. The young secondary as a whole, I mean, Nick Scott going from your starter to start the season to now he's essentially not on the field and it is Jordan Battle's show. I think that's good for the long haul, as you said. He needs Correct. a rep. He has to play. Dak Hill's shown you enough, I think, to have confidence that he is a long-term starter, but you're right. So I'm going to jump right in here, Charlie. Yeah. I think there's consideration within the Bengals organization of moving Dax Hill to a slot corner behind Mike Hilton. If, you know, when Mike Hilton moves on. Yeah. Um, I'm not Mike Hilton's still a terrific player in a terrific corner. But at some point, I think the Bengals are going to need more from their free safety 
than what Dax Hill has given them this year. I think they're going to need more interceptions. Uh, they're going to need more productivity. Uh, and you, you just can't have the mistakes that they had on Saturday. Big play after big play and explosives this year have been through the roof. Uh, no pun intended. It's just been, you know, ugly to see. And maybe they give Dax Hill a chance to, you know, make those corrections in the offseason, come back next year, and he's a different player. But I do think that if there is an option out there, either in free agency or in the draft, I think it's more likely free agency, the Bengals might choose to go that route and move Dax Hill around. Well, it's an interesting thought because, as you mentioned, you're locked in at some key positions now, right? With the Wilson and Pratt situation, Hendricks sit on the line. Um, I, Cam Taylor Britt is someone you are going to want here for the long haul. No question. I, so you're going to get very, very, you know, if you choose very wisely here with right. how you handle, it's not going to be this freewheeling, free spending operation. Um, that's something I haven't thought about to this point. I don't, you know, Mike Hilton, as you said, he's the one player in that secondary who's, who's gotten better. I think as the year has gone on, he, he's, he is locked in and delivered, you know, whatever five straight games to tackle for loss heading into that Pittsburgh game. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, does he have the, the the quick maneuvering ability that Hilton has? That would be my number one question. If you have, I mean, is he I, that good in, in short distance situations? It just it feels like such a different job description. But than he did that. Happened. He yeah. did that at Michigan. And that's the only right. reason where I think he could be versatile enough that if you needed Dax to, to do that, and, and he did it a little bit, I believe, in his rookie year at the start of the year when Hilton got dinged up uh, or was off the field for whatever reason. I, I'm sure it had to be injury. There's no other reason you would take Mike Hilton off the field when he was dinged up a little bit. And uh, when he's off the field and you have Dax playing in the slot, I think he looked pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's the bottom line is, as you said, the interceptions, the takeaways, those have come from the linebacker spot, from Cam Taylor Britt, from Mike Hilton. They have not come from the back end of that defense, the ball hawk plays that you'll see the best of the best make in those positions, right? Oh, my gosh, that guy is game-changing on the back end. You have to – Zach Taylor told us three weeks ago, Harrison Smith, every snap, I'm looking, what is he doing, the impact. And now those are elite Max Hill players. is not that player yet. So – to your point, if somehow you can fall into a position where you have someone who has that ceiling, because I think we can all agree, serviceable versus elite, you know, all pro level talent, Dax Hill probably just isn't going to get there. You've seen enough to this point where that's just not his ceiling. Final point on Saturday's loss, uh, 34 to 11 in Pittsburgh. The Jake Browning offense was not good. We, I think we can all agree on that. But what I had the biggest problem with, and a lot of Bengal fans did as well, was second and one after getting uh, first and 10, I believe at the 14, yes, and then second and one at the Pittsburgh five. Three chances to get a yard, and they couldn't do it. You know, an incomplete pass to Trenton Irwin or a pass for a loss to Trenton Irwin uh, or no gain, whatever it was. And then... Joe Mixon, no gain. And then you have fourth and one. And then they could have gone quick. And Zach acknowledged this, I think, after the game, as well as the Andre, Andre uh, Yoshibash 
uh, play on the sideline. He could have managed that differently. But they call timeout. Um, they go with a pass play, bring in the three receivers and the fade to T. Higgins. The ball doesn't get there because Jake Browning's under pressure, and they turn it over on downs. To me, down 21 nothing, chance to go in with a touchdown before halftime, change the game, and to me summed up the problem with the finesse Bengals offense. I think they're too finesse and mm-hmm. they haven't this year exhibited enough um, AFC North quality yeah. at critical yeah. times to, put it. I... to, to succeed. And I think Bengal fans want to see this team make a yard when they have to make a yard. You're right. And I asked Zach post, I was curious, you know, that fourth and one play was, was the T route, was that the number one option? Were you going yes, for you did. six That's there, right. essentially? Because I'm with you. I mean, you you need that yard. You 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 have to give yourself that chance to score. And the best I, – I, I was baffled by that play call. Um, I didn't think it was pass interference. I thought it was a good non-call. That was underthrown. He was trying to come and, back. And really, it. I know you asked this of T, Charlie, after the game. I Not to jump yeah. in here, but you asked that of T. And T – when T says, you know, I leave it to the official, I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to say he he made a good play. That's T, T telling you that it wasn't PI. Really wasn't no. uh, DPI. <laughs> but but you're right. That was a a small example of a bigger issue and the consistency of, you know, running the football and as you said, just beating you without having to do exotic things plain and simple we're going to line up and run our stuff and it, it and it's going to beat you um i don't know if this was all derailed because of the first three weeks of the season and having to change so many things just to operate an offense with joe I, it looked pretty darn good in san francisco and then that following week against buffalo there's no question about it i think you know but as this season has gone on um it's a tough one because I think they did such a nice job with Jake making him comfortable putting up that amount of points consecutively in must win games. I mean, after that opening series in Jackson, I'm going on tangent here a bit, but I mean, you get stopped on a fourth down early in that game. Jacksonville goes down and scores. I mean, the fact that we're still sitting here now going in to the second to last game of the season saying this team has a shot. I mean, that that's some credit to, people who are designing this offense, Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, Dan Pitcher. I I think they deserve a ton of credit for reorchestrating an offense essentially three separate times this season since the summer. Okay. But you're right. It's been frustrating. I think for, I mean, imagine being on that line and passing as much as they've had to. I know that's what you sign up for in Cincinnati is a passing offense, but to continue to have to go to the well um, in, in on that play in particular, I mean, that was just a baffling play call. And, and at the wrong time. I mean, I understand that, you know, in a closer game, but you had to have six there. That that, that was non-negotiable, and they came away with nothing. Um, all right. How much of the Christmas Day game, Chiefs and Raiders, did you watch? Watched it all. What did you think? So, I think the Chiefs are a hot mess. Um, and I keep, when I watch a team like the chiefs play a game, like they did on Monday on Christmas day in Kansas city at home, I'm like, there is a danger there because eventually you figure Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to figure it out. 
they did not look i think it was boomer esiason on the cbs broadcast in studio that made the point or no excuse me it was phil sims it was phil sims who made this point i thought it was brilliant usually with an andy reed offense you can tell that one play is being called to lead to another play to lead to another play and they're going somewhere with what they're doing yeah and on Monday against the Raiders, a, a good defense, okay, a good defense that Antonio Pierce, their interim head coach, has done a phenomenal job really getting that defense. He's obviously a defensive player. Getting that defense rallied and playing old-time Raider football and physical. Yep. It looked like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were just throwing stuff against the wall, hoping it would stick, and there was no cohesiveness to that Kansas City offense. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, are they really going to look that bad against the Bengals back-to-back weeks? That's what I keep thinking. And they didn't look great against the Patriots when they played a pretty yeah. mediocre first half and pulled away for a win. Of course, they lost um, weeks prior, uh, some really tough losses. Um, and obviously, they lost at home to the Buffalo Bills, very controversial. The Chiefs, to me, are a dangerous team on New Year's Eve for the Bengals simply because suddenly there's they're in a desperate situation because they want to get things lined up for the playoffs. No question. Ton to play for in Kansas City. Ton of the same, I'm sure, anger that Pittsburgh had this this past week. So Correct. I think to say, oh, this is the right time to catch the Chiefs, there's no right time. If if Pat Mahomes is under center, there is never a right time to catch him. I think the defense, you know, we, as much as we want to spotlight the offensive struggles, that that Kansas City defense looks like it's a Super Bowl caliber defense still. I would put them up there with Baltimore, with Baltimore being reminding everyone last night that they should be the favorite. Uh, I thought that for most of the season. I think this is Baltimore's year. I really do, uh, even with the Andrews injury. But you're right. I don't know if it's something behind the scenes that is causing Pat Mahomes and Kelsey. I mean, just they look the body. distracted. I mean, I know it's, this is so cliche and you know, with all everything going on, going on with Taylor Swift, they just look like a distracted team and they've looked that way for a better part of the year. I agree. I agree. And it's boiling over now in, you know, games that still mean things where it's clearly at the offense's, fault that the, these losses are happening i mean four losses at home this year i just that would be incomprehensible uh considering their success lately i do they get consistent pressure on patrick mahomes i think that's the number one question because for most of yesterday's game he's scrambling and nobody was open and he's either he, how many plays did he take to the sideline yesterday one ended up being a goofy pick that you never see Mahomes make, but a lot of them were passes out of bounds. He's scrambling for four, five, six, seven yards. I mean, that was a heck of an effort from Antonio Pierce in that unit. Um, it, it starts with, can you get pressure on him? And yep. if you can, you have a chance. And if you don't, then I think this is just unfortunately going to be the end of the road for the 2023 Bengals. Uh, so Cam Taylor Britt, speaking of CTB, uh, he is is expected to be back this week. I'd be shocked if he weren't back because yeah. he's been doing everything uh, in terms of rehab, working out on the field, 
uh, doing everything to get ready. He's been in good spirits. I mean, he's acting like a guy that um, should be probably be back uh, on Sunday in Kansas City. And if that's the case, that really gives the Bengals a, a big boost in that game, Charlie. It does. This is at the perfect time. And I'm with you. I, he looks ready to go. I would be shocked if that wasn't the case. Um, you know, offensively, how how do you approach getting Browning in a nice rhythm early? I mean, it was crazy to look down and, oh my gosh, he still threw for 335 in Pittsburgh. So I think that was the one silver lining. They moved the ball. It was not a parade of three and outs. Uh, he still when he had time, it looked like the plan was there. Um, you know, I, I don't know. How, how do you attack that chief defense if you're sitting down today and really trying well, to I mean, run, run the ball or find ways to get short yardage, uh, make hmm. short yardage in, in tight spaces because the Chiefs are playing terrific defense. But you, you've got to find a way. And I believe Zach and Brian Callahan and Dan Picture – uh, are very good at scheming and coming up with ways uh, to find the Bengals some, you know, secret yards, if you will, hidden yards uh, in the offense. I don't have a worry about that. My concern is more with the Bengals defense. And you mentioned, you know, the, the Raiders had the ability uh, to really plaster the receivers, as they say, and make sure nobody is running free downfield. Yeah. The Bengals secondary has not been good at that this year, you know, it was really exposed against the Texans Um, and they've, you know, had breakdowns obviously against the Steelers. We just saw that. Uh, But the, the Bengals defense just has to play better. I think they've got a shot to win uh, if they're close and in the game uh, in the first half, they can't, you know, obviously have a repeat of what happened in Pittsburgh before I let you go, Charlie, there was a story, a tweet that you did about two weeks, uh, two months ago that really, turned viral and you know the one i'm talking about on trenton irwin yes Yes. what and i'm going to read from uh your tweet back on october 12th bengals wide receiver trenton irwin secretly was a driving instructor this offseason not for money just to make sure a friend could get where she wanted to in life on sunday uh back then irwin turned in one of the best games of his year that was uh right before the arizona game uh by the way yeah, big and it was big time, but that didn't top what he did for uh, a friend. Tell us what inspired that story and what it was all about. Yeah, it was you know Trent Irwin to a T. I think Zach's told us in you know in terms of people in the building. I think Jake Browning and Irwin are the most you know spend the most time at Paycor. He he's he's singled them out. If you've been around Trent Irwin, you can tell just a special person. He cares. He's done quietly on a weekly basis uh, volunteer work at an organization called Saturday Hoops in downtown Cincinnati. It's a youth organization that is as simple as it sounds. Come together. Let's play some hoops on Saturday morning. Let's eat. Let's have some laughs. You know, let's spend some quality time with some people in the community who are doing good things who are adults. And Trenton's been one of those guys. He's a weekly guy. He's there uh, during the season. He's there. Uh, certainly during the off season. And through that, he met a, a, you know, a participant now turned young adult college student at Northern Kentucky, um, who is also very inspirational. And she wants to stay in Cincinnati and help kids who were once like her, uh, you know, have 
a shot at a better life who maybe grew up under some really tough circumstances. Well, the long story short is she wants to get back to Cincinnati from campus on a regular basis. She doesn't have anyone to even, you know, take her on to get on the road with a car, get some hours. You know, she can't, she can't get to first base in a situation that I know for many of us was, you know, you didn't have to think about your parents would take you out and put you behind the wheel and you got those hours. Well, Trenton heard about this and said, Hey, after OTAs throughout this spring, I'm going to pick you up. Our other friend who's involved in this organization, um, organizer is going to come with two and we're going to rock up these 50 hours, you know, as he joked in my Honda Accord, we're going to cruise around. Don't worry, bang into walls, hit the curb, you know, you know, hit some bumpers. I don't care. Uh, and it became this, you know, really special summer for both of them. Uh, and to think about the hours, you know, this isn't someone who just, you know, okay, I'll, I'll hang out for an hour and a half and yeah, here, let's take an Instagram together and I'm, I'm moving on. I mean, this is a true friendship. Uh, and I got tipped off by the story from a mutual friend of theirs and, you know, TI as the guys know him in the locker room was all in on it. So we sat down with him and then. We met up with uh, his good friend and kind of reenacted a few things that they did driving wise. And I think it's just a reminder, as we said, at the end of the story, you know, the best gift you can give someone in life is your time. There's no yep. check, you know, the, the checks you write, the, you know, the pictures you take, it's truly, Hey, I care. I'm going to help you. And I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm going to do it with my time. And it came together. I'm so happy for him because he's worked his tail off to make a team. I mean, the guy's been cut four years in a row coming out of camp right before this year. And I think really, I saw it this summer and trying to learn these, these guys. Wow. This guy, this isn't some ho-hum, you know, filler wideout. He made some spectacular plays this training camp. Yep. And I think Troy Walters having the Stanford connection, having knowing, uh, as they always say, he can play any position on the field. Trent Irwin, that's how he's made his mark here in a pinch he can fill in for anybody and couldn't be more happy for him hope he has a, a nice close to the season here and he sticks around because he's a good guy be sure to catch that story that charlie clifford did for wlwt channel 5 in cincinnati on his x page and that's c-h-a-r underscore c-l-i-f-f <laughs> charles the char cliff with an underscore in between correct that's it, Trix. Appreciate you, man. Anytime. And I appreciate the work you've done on the beat. Uh, believe me, I speak for the rest of the beat writers on the beat. Uh, Charlie, you've done a terrific job, been an uh, awesome addition uh, in you know meetings with Zach and uh, meeting with the coordinators, which we will do again this week. Uh, you really bring a lot of intellect and insight uh, with your questions, so we appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on and uh, seeing Casey. All right. That sounds like a deal. He is Charlie Clifford. My name is Mike Petralia, Trags. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Jungle Roar podcast, powered as always by FanDuel Sportsbook, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Until next week, keep that jungle roaring.